True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Hello, welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And thanks so much for joining us tonight. We haven't recorded in a while, Renee. I'm glad that we're getting back into it. Absolutely. We're going to try to be more consistent with that. So just bear with us. We've got work and everything else going on and traveling and stuff. So I think we're in one place now. We can get together and do this for a few more times in a row. Um, tonight's episode, um, we're going to talk about some things that backfired in the Missy Beavers case. But before we get started, um, we thought that we would read a review really quick that we got on Apple Podcasts, which we, excuse me, we just greatly appreciate anyone who takes the time to read it, to send, leave us a review, especially if it's a nice one. We just appreciate your time, appreciate you listening. And here we go. Um, Okay, here we go. This one was written by Loglins, L-O-G-L-I-N-Z. And it was um, left very recently. It says, I love this podcast because it's not made with top-notch equipment or editing. It is two friends who care about finding the killer of Missy Beavers. You ladies are doing a super job. So thank you, Loglins. That was a very sweet review. And we appreciate that because we are a little uh, paranoid about our sound quality. So to have someone say that it's okay made us feel even better. So thank you. Thank you. Wasn't um, that really nice? I mean, seriously, they, they, they hit the nail right on the head and made us feel good all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely still going to make strides in improving our sound, but probably not soon because we don't even have any, um, we don't really have any, um, what do you call it? Sponsors. We've got that anchor thing, which, you know, play, pays pennies, you know, so we are working on it. So um, hopefully onward and upward on the sound. Um, okay, so this episode, we're going to talk about things that backfired in the Missy Beavers case. There's been some, and I know we, there's been no shortage of strange occurrences in this case. And <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that we were going to probably start with maybe the most obvious one is when Randy Beavers, who is Missy's father-in-law and Brandon Beavers, held a press conference and the reason they held this press conference this is not long after the murder at all um of course randy came to town when he found when um when brandon told him about the murder and unfortunately his dog got in a fight with his daughter's dog where they were staying they were staying with uh, brandon's sister and unfortunately randy and his wife vicky's dog got killed so he, you guys out there might remember, he took that shirt, there's a couple of shirts that had blood on them from the dogs. He just took them to the local dry cleaners there in Midlothian and didn't even think about it. And the lady working there heard him say his last name is Beavers, made the connection that he might be related to Missy. And she did her due diligence. She called the police and said, there's shirts that just got blood run with blood on it. That you guys might want to know. So MPD tested the blood. The point is, is Randon and Brandy, I mean, I'm sorry, Randy and Brandon went to the police station. Their thinking was, we're going to get ahead of this. We are not going to let this story get out of control. Brandon actually told us that he had helic news helicopters were swarming his house. Remember that, Renee? Yes. And so Brandon said, let's go get ahead of this. So they go to the station and they call a little, like a mini press conference, I would say. 
And there was people there from the news stations and they were answering questions, but what they intended to do was to explain what happened and tell everybody to calm down. But unfortunately the opposite happened and it wasn't good. And Renee, did you want to say anything about this before I go on? Yeah. I mean, he, he literally thought that he's like, okay, so we're going to nip this in the bud, you know, get a hold of the thing before it just, you know, blazes out of control. I mean, I get it. You, you want to get a handle on it quickly so you can diffuse the situation because you can already see where this is headed. And so they, they, they rush up there to talk to them, get it all under control. But like you said, it completely backfires on them and takes a whole new turn because of, of the way that they hit, I don't want to say the way they handled the situation because of them going up there and, and, you know, I guess you would, you would be defensive because, you know, you're automatically think everybody's looking at you, you know, they think that you did something, Ooh, you know, you brought shirts up there with blood on them. So everybody's, you know, just taking these stories and just running with them. And so they go up there to diffuse the situation and it just makes it worse, unfortunately. Well, and, and, and you were dealing with people. This is what I think the public kept forgetting because people were saying in the discussion groups, the news um, website comments, YouTube video comments, people were saying, oh, they were just acting really guilty. They're really, they acted uncomfortable. They were inappropriate. They acted defensive. But here's the thing. These are two people that aren't used to being on TV. And exactly. that's nerve wracking. And um also, they didn't realize they were coming across that way. They thought they were just saying, hey, come on, people, get with it. Of course, this is just dog blood, and it's just a horrible coincidence, and it's a nightmare for everyone to have the dog get killed on top of losing Missy, and just everything's a mess. So right. they were just trying to convey that, but unfortunately, I think Randy Bieber said something like, it's a non-issue, it's a non-issue, and people really took offense to that, and he didn't mean it that way. He was just trying to tell everyone there's nothing here to see. But unfortunately, that had the opposite effect. People were like, oh, there must be something here to see. So that's what happened. And, and then here was the clincher. When the news conference was over, Randy turned around and kind of limped away on camera. And the camera stayed on him. You know, they didn't cut away like most con news conferences. He turned around and kind of walked away with that little limp he has and everybody went wild they were like wow yeah. he walks like the perpetrator in the church yeah. he's, he's built like the perpetrator he walks like it's, it's got to be him so that news conference like you said it just totally backfired yeah it it didn't it did more damage than good for sure oh my gosh yes it just started all the tongues wagging about randy's involvement which like you like you've said several times we hear more from people that Randy did it than we do Brandon. So yeah. it's really crazy. So then we have, um, we said we were going to cover three instances where behavior backfired. And number two, there was a man named Bobby Wayne Henry, who said that he, he had an opportunity. He works at a neighboring church in on their security team. And apparently um, Creekside would sometimes borrow other churches. There's several adjacent churches there. And apparently Creekside didn't have a special events security team. So they would borrow team members from this other church. And Bobby was normally working at that other church. So Creekside, um, you know, called over there and said, hey, we're going to need some security. We're having a community memorial service for Missy Beavers. 
And that was the community service that was the Wednesday night after she died that early Monday morning. So this is not the funeral that all of her family flew into. This is the community service for the people of Midlothian to come and, and mourn. And so Bobby Wayne Henry volunteered to work this service. And he was seen outside walking around in the parking lot before the service started. It was still daylight. I believe the service was at 7 p.m. So he was there early and you could see people walking in. And those of us that have seen this video, it's pretty riveting. He's out there walking around at the exact location of the crime, just outside the door, but he's kind of walking like the perpetrator. And that got people talking. Even remember Renee, the cameraman that actually took footage of him walking out there and it got released on that a couple of websites. Oh yeah. They, yeah he that, was zooming in on his feet, literally. Yeah, he was zooming. And there was no, there was no like dialogue that went with it to explain why this cameraman was doing that. But you could tell what he was thinking. He was thinking, uh, they told us to be on the lookout for people at her memorial that walk like the perp, and there he is, you know. So, yes. So anyway, they zoom in on Bobby Bobby's feet and his legs. Um, several times while he's walking around out there and then as time wears on um, he gets named as a person of interest and in the 2016 search uh, December 2016 search warrant MPD actually uses the fact that he volunteered to work at Missy's community memorial service they actually used that as probable cause they used it against him to have the right to go search his belongings. They searched his house. They confiscated his vehicle and his electronics. You know, I think it was a Blackberry, um, iPad, laptop, all kinds of stuff. Um, so that backfired because Bobby Wayne Henry was probably thinking, I'm just going to go pick up a few extra dollars. I'm not sure if it was paid. We've heard two, we've heard it both ways. So I think we're pretty sure he was getting paid. So he's just thinking, hey, I'll go you know, do something interesting in my community, support the community, make a few dollars, whatever he was thinking, he certainly wasn't signing up for that to be used against him in a search warrant affidavit. Exactly. So I think that's uh, one of the more interesting sort of backfired stories from this, this murder case. And we have one more, and this one's a little more sensitive of a topic. Um, this one involves the media's handling of information having to do with Missy, things that came up in search warrants. And this is Missy's supposed indiscretions. And we don't have any proof that any of this stuff went farther than just, you know, email chats. We don't know, um, or messenger chats or LinkedIn conversations. Um, but around the time of her death, apparently she was talking to a guy or two and that made it into the search warrants. Some other chatter was in the search warrants about things that might've happened in the past, you know, quite a bit before her murder, but the media really, and Renee and I have talked about this a lot. They've really not covered this case very well, especially our local media. You would think that this would be top of the priority list, but it really hasn't gotten good, thorough coverage. But unfortunately, what they did latch themselves onto was the very hurtful little bits of information that she might have, you know, maybe stepped out the side the marriage somehow, whether it was physical, emotional, 
or just some flirty text. We don't know. And frankly, it's irrelevant to this case and it's none of our business. But unfortunately, the media took that information as though it were relevant. And you know something, Renee, this afternoon I text, I was Googling Missy Beavers to help you find that picture you were asking me for. Yeah. And I'll be darned, one of the first hits was some, it was not a local story. It was outside of the area, but the headline just made me sick. I should have clicked on it, but I was so mad. I just looked away. It's, it had a picture of Missy and it said, love affair murder was the name of the story. Wow. I hate that. And you know what? That's probably going to end up having nothing to do with this or very little or who knows. But the point is, is that made me mad too. And I know you wouldn't like it either. I forgot to tell you that today. So we've got that and, and you know that hurt her family deeply it hurt her mother still hurts her mother of course it hurt brandon who wants to hear that stuff right her, exactly. hurt her daughters her children had to hear this while they're mourning her mother's death is disgusting and her brothers everybody um and, and and so it didn't just hurt everybody that loved her and her friends and whatnot it took everyone's it took a lot of people's attention and their eye off the ball and they start going oh i wonder who she's having an affair with and i wonder if brandon knew and i wonder if maybe brandon had her killed because he's upset about her having an affair and oh my gosh i bet that's why randy got involved because he was upset that he, she cheated on the set no it's none of that i'm certain but what happened was those supposed indiscretions got all the attention there was so much more that the media could have done that would have been really helpful in this case but they latched on to that little tiny part of it that was revealed and ran with it. Yeah, I, I hate the way they they twisted it, but you know, it's all about, you know, their ratings and, and getting people's attention. You've, you know, you've heard all the crazy right. titles they put on all this stuff. And it's unfortunate that that is more important than literally helping, which they have, they could play such an integral part of solving these cases, if they would do it in the right way, this is my opinion. But instead, I feel like they are more interested in the the catchy, you know, titles and you know, and things that they whatever they can to make it more interesting and you know, like um, yeah, sensationalizing it instead yes, of focusing it, on what could help. You it's remember, so sad. you remember what Cheryl McCollum said? And it was just fixing to say yeah, that <laughs> the media has such power. They can yes. tens of thousands, even millions of people. The police, yep. the police can't do that. Yep. Yeah. I, it just ended I, up being a total mess. Um, unfortunately, the way it was covered early on. Yeah. And it, and you know, that it's, it's unfortunate that it, anything like that that happens could have obviously have something to do with the aspects of the case and helping solve it. But it is not necessary to take that and make the victim, the person that was brutally murdered, you know, it, it, there's no sense in making it, it, it information that they don't even know if it's true, obviously, because they haven't solved the case, you know. Well, and, and I don't, I don't frequently wave the sexism flag, but in this case, I have to wonder if Missy was a male, would that really have they, would they even have made a big deal out of that? You know, like, oh, there was some flirtatious conversations. Yes. I, mean, I don't know. Or maybe, you know, there'd been an affair a long time ago or something. It's like, I don't know um, how much attention that would have gotten. 
I could yeah. be wrong, but I just, um, you know, we don't know the motive behind the lunatic who killed Missy. I'm not saying that it wasn't driven by jealousy, but I would just be surprised if it is on the surface about this particular part of backfire. Um, it just seems to be a little more complicated than that. And I guess hopefully we'll find out one day, but what do you think, Renee? I mean, we don't know yeah. who killed Missy and why, but yeah, we don't. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that that, I mean, that did, that did, that did backfire. It just, you know, they, they thought they were giving information to assist the police and they just took it and ran with it. And it, and it's just been such an obstacle ever since. And I just, obviously it hasn't helped in any way, fashion or form solve this murder. So I'm just hoping that they can take a step back and you know, and, and they have new people looking at the case. Obviously, I see new people. It's what been a year now, but yeah. Um, but still, you know, people are there. New investigators are looking at it, and um, I'm hoping that they can take a, a step back and and try to not focus on that and look at everything again. You yeah, know, and, and honestly, I really think it was the media focusing on that. Honestly, because that's, the that's police true. the police checked those people out. I say those people ran into Brandy pretty darn early. And, you know, their alibis checked out and everything. And I'm just, uh, it's just frustrating. I hate to think about, you know, Brandon getting side eye out there in the world when oh, yeah. the victim too. Um, he's handled it so well. I ha I just feel like he's really, I mean, I'm sure it, I'm sure it was much harder than the way he handled it, but I, I just feel like he handled it really well considering. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then also Randy, I mean, for him to get dragged into this, he wasn't even in the state at the time of the murder. And he's, I think one thing that we've said this before, but in case we have new listeners, Randy Beavers didn't even live in Midlothian. People were like, that's so weird that he was out of town at the time yeah. of the murder. It's actually, it's actually really weird for him to be in Midlothian because he didn't live there. He lived in Austin, Texas. And those of you that don't live in Texas, Austin's like, we just made that trip from Midlothian to Austin, didn't we? It's like three hours. Yep. It's, it's, it's not close. It's a long drive yeah. and it's, you know, not something you do on a whim. You plan it, you know? So he didn't, he wasn't Midlothian frequently at all. And he was frequently though, because he and his wife are retired. They would spend a lot of time in their RV. So him being in Oceanside, California is in his RV was not weird at all. That's what they normally that's what I was going to say. They're, they're retired. You know, they, I mean, they have all this time to travel and, and go across country. I mean, why shouldn't they? I mean, that's not unusual. So yeah, it's just funny how the, you know, people who don't know those things will just say, oh my gosh, the, the husband and the father-in-law just happened to be out of town. That means they're guilty, you know, and, and right. it's not that simple. Um, right. It's not that simple. So, all right. Well, earlier, I think I'll probably get roasted for this in comments. So I'm going to go ahead and say it now. During uh, the third portion of Backfire, we talked about Missy just now. I said that it's none of those things, that her supposed indiscretions won't have anything to do with this. And I know people are going to push back on that. And you should, because I don't know why she got murdered. I'm just saying that I firmly believe that this miss, most of it, I think, is misinformation about her past. I really... I really don't think that that's playing the part in it that people think this is. And that's just my opinion. I'm perfectly willing and happy to be wrong. I'm just saying that 
the way it was presented in the media, I don't think that's going to be anything that comes out on the other end if this thing gets solved or when it right. gets solved. Right. So did we have anything else we're going to cover? Were you going to tell about that thing? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have, um, I'm sure most people know, but if you don't, uh, we've been working with um, Ellis County Crime Stoppers. They uh, worked with us back has it been a year ago? No, it had quite been a year. But anyway, they worked with us uh, last year when we did a GoFundMe to raise money to get a billboard and they uh, donated money towards the billboard. So um, we've been working with them, you know, a little bit off and on with different things. And they, um, they have a program that they use. And I want to tell just a little tiny bit about the program first because I think it's really neat. Uh, back in 2005, a man by the name of Tommy Ray a special agent with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, he came up with an idea that would revolutionize cold case homicide investigations and, and making a game out of it. Uh, details from unsolved cases were put on the faces of traditional 52 card decks and distributed to inmates in the hopes that between hands of poker, the incarcerated would give investigators new leads. Although the idea was originally greeted with skepticism, the cards proved to be a rousing success and are now being implemented in 18 states and counting. I don't know what year this was written, but it's probably even more than that. And Ellis County happens to be one of the counties in Texas that does do uh, these cards. So they are about to release a new batch of them to the Ellis County uh, Jail, Ellis County Sheriff's Department. It's been approved. So they're working on it. And Missy's case is going to be added to the cards. So, so awesome. we were so excited about that because, you know, that a lot of times, um, you know, these, these people we talk in, you know, and uh, the, the, the uh, guys that are guys, women, whoever incarcerated will be talking and they'll be playing cards and they'll see it and they'll be like, oh, somebody just told me something a couple of days ago about that, you know, or whatever. And with there being reward money on the table, they're very willing to pick up one of those phones and give them a call and, you know, tell them what they know. That is so cool, Renee. I'm so happy you got that going. And, you know, you mentioned that we've been working with Ellis County Crime Stoppers. You've really been doing all the communication with them. So thank you. You've done a great job with that. I'm so glad that we have that connection with them. And that's all because of your hard work. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I I mean, I just kind of, it just kind of luckily fell in my lap, but it, you know, it's, it's been awesome working with them. And, um, Sherry, she's so, she's so awesome to work with and to talk to and get tips from and things like that to, you know, and she's the one that told me about this. So I'm so glad that, that this is uh, moving right along and I'm hoping it gets done pretty quickly, but we'll keep y'all updated on that. You know, as soon as we, that all gets uh, completed. Yes. That's, that's just a really neat thing. And you never know, that might be the tip that solves the case that comes from that. I hope so. That'll be great. Cause they're, yeah. they're going to be distributed all over Ellis County. So that's so cool. And just think there's a 100, those of you who don't know yet, there is a $150,000 reward for tips that lead to the arrest and conviction of Missy Beaver's killer. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It really is amazing. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm surprised that it, nothing has come of it yet, but I, you know, still have hope that it will. Um, and speaking of that, you reminded me, we need to let people know the billboard uh, is going to be ending at the end of July. The, um, the payment for it, it's to, it'll be up for renew. 
and we'll probably be putting together another um, GoFundMe. So if anybody wants to donate to that to keep that billboard up and and you know up on the uh, over there and at the end of Waxahachie, I guess it is, but it's in Ellis County. If anybody would like to donate to that, please let us know. PM us, you know, message us on our page or in our group, whatever, and just let us know. But we will be putting together a GoFundMe so that we can keep her billboard up. Yeah, and we'll share we'll share the link on our social media and in our Facebook group and all that kind of good stuff. Right. And if you if you have anything, any information that you want to share with with um, the police department, you can remain anonymous. Uh, just give them a call. The number is nine seven two. 937-7297. Awesome. Yeah, we, we sincerely hope that something breaks loose. You know, Renee, you said that nothing has come of it yet, but you know, what's an interesting point that Cheryl McCollum made is we don't know that. They're, they, they could have a hot lead that they're pursuing that no one's told us about because they don't have That's any, true. there's no clearance that they have to make with us to, for these tips, you know, so right they could have gotten all kinds of tips that we just don't haven't seen the result from yet that's right what, that's what i hope anyway yeah we do know that the tips have went up since uh, the billboard has went in you know has been uh, installed and so that you know that's what keeps us going and we're going to hopefully with everybody's support we there so many people that support you know missy and her and her case and her cause and getting yeah. trying to get this maniac off the streets um, you know, I'm and, sure and people, we'll be able to do it. Right. And people ask us all the time, what can I do to help? Yes. Um, if, if you could please share any of our social media, like a Facebook post we make, if you could share it on your Facebook and then that way, all your followers and all your Facebook friends will see it. Um, or Instagram, if you'll follow us on Instagram, maybe share something about Missy to your faith, to your Instagram story. Um, because we do post all the time. I'll probably do one tonight, you know, talking about, I think we have a current face. Actually, we have an Instagram story right now about, um, you know, calling in if you see her, if you have any tips on her killer. So just anything like that, if you, if, if you're wondering how you can help, that would be a huge help. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on true crime broads. We will look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great have evening. Good. Bye. Shit.
you to the man. I bust the bag. You take the tab. I cut you fast. You out of gas. Skirt off the block. Twelve on the clock. I paint cash. You do the math. I bust the bag. You take the tab. I cut you fast. You out of gas.